Dedication, Preface, and Chapter 1 of Dog Watches at Sea. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dog Watches at Sea by Stanton H. King. Dedication. To the memory of my friend John Allen, late superintendent of the Sailor's Haven, Charlestown, Massachusetts, in grateful recognition of his constant kindliness and friendly help during the five years I was his assistant, this book is affectionately dedicated. Preface I have written what this book contains from memory, not having kept a diary, and in most cases I have given the real names of ships and individuals. Conscious of my inability to undertake the preparation of a book, and fearing that I had nothing adequate to offer the public, I hesitated for a long time to attempt it, but the encouragement of my friend, the Reverend Frederick B. Allen, has led me to set down some of my experiences at sea. The book is, in so large a measure, the outcome of his friendly interest that the heartiest acknowledgments are due him. I am glad of the opportunity to make them, and also to thank my friend, Lieutenant Colonel Allen C. Kelton, USMC, for many kindnesses shown me during our cruise on the USS Alliance and since. Stanton H. King, Sailor's Haven, Mission for Seamen, Charlestown, Massachusetts. Chapter 1. Outward Bound. It may seem ludicrous when I say I am one of twenty-nine children and the twenty-seventh child of my father. He was married three times. His first wife bore him eleven children. His second wife, who was a first cousin to his first wife, bore him ten. And my mother, his third wife, who was a sister to his second wife, bore him eight. We were not only half-brothers and sisters, but cousins all the way along. Of late years I have been trying to find out the birthplace of my forefathers, and have so far learned that my grandparents on my father's side were from Ireland, and on my mother's side they were from Scotland. How they came to Barbados, or what business brought them there, I know not. I know that my father was a highly respected man on this island in the Caribbean Sea. He was a commissioner of public roads and a government employee for many years. As far back as I can remember, I was the uncle of grown-up young men and women, the children of my father's first wife's children. The family rumifications are many through the marriages of my father's children, his grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. His brother's children and the relations on my mother's side make it possible for me to find some blood relationship 
in almost every part of the globe payne's bay house the name of our old home was on the western slope of the island adjoining the sea from our back windows we could see the ships sail by this with living so close to the wash of the waves created a desire in all but one of my brothers to follow the sea for a living in those days it was a common sight to see there fully one hundred ships among them a dozen or more east indiamen riding at anchor some were loading sugar others awaiting orders from home for carlisle bay forming the harbor of bridgetown the capital city of barbados was before steam took full control of the sea the anchorage for sailing ships bound to europe or the united states from ports the other side of the cape of good hope and cape horn i can now recall the delight that entered my whole being when as a boy i listened to the stories told by my sailor brothers as they by chance called at barbados in their ships of foreign lands of storms and gales of adventure and shipwreck a sailor's life appealed to me as the only life worth living and with that longing to be a sailor to have as my own some of my brother's experiences i told my mother that i wanted to go to sea i can now see the expression of disappointment on her dear face i was her last son and her hopes were built on having me grow up and live in barbados she looked forward to my being a manager of some sugar plantation or preparing for some professional calling naturally she tried to persuade me to remain at school and went so far as to promise her consent for me to go to sea when i was sixteen being a stout robust lad i felt as though i was man enough to start out in a life at sea so i begged and coaxed and at last threatened to run away i gained the victory one afternoon a carriage drove up to our house in which was capstan dunscombe of the schooner meteor a friend of my parents he had that day arrived from bermuda and was visiting us that evening i begged my mother to let me go back with him to his ship at last she yielded in bermuda there was a friend of my mother's an old retired sea captain george hill he had proved himself a friend to my brothers so rather than have me leave her later on to go with strangers she consented to my sailing on the meteor to bermuda where she hoped through the influence of captain hill i might be induced to continue my schooling captain dunscombe made several visits to us during his stay in port and during that time i afterward learned my mother asked him to make the voyage as disagreeable for me as he possibly could without doing me any bodily harm 
she thought that by the time i reached bermuda i would have had enough of a sailor's life a negro carpenter was called in to make me a sailor's clothes chest i would not have a common trunk i wanted one similar to those i had seen on ships i had visited it must have a till or shelf in it for needles and thread no other would satisfy me for two days i watched that negro plane the boards i saw that every nail was driven in securely and the hinges and lock put on then this good old negro lifted it on his head saying to me come along massa harry the chess am finished we'll take it to massa jean meaning my father it was a great day for me as i walked by his side i boastfully told my playfellows both black and white as they looked at my chest on the negro's head that it was mine and that i was going to be a sailor new clothes were made for me knee breeches were discarded my trunk was packed placed on a cart and conveyed to town to be sent on board the meteor the day of my departure at last arrived it was in march eighteen eighty i was not thirteen years old i must confess that to-day when i think of my mother and my early associations at home the tears will gather in my eyes when the carriage drove up to the door and the time came to say good-bye my mother's grief was so great that she was thrown into hysteria i cried and wept bitterly not that i was leaving her but because she was crying for as a child i had always cried if she manifested any signs of grief several minutes passed before she could regain her self-control and throwing her arms around me bathing my face with her tears we parted she to return to her daily routine of life waiting to hear from the absent one i followed by a train of colored men women and children some falling on my neck and kissing me the rest shaking my hands and shouting god bless you massa harry when on my way to begin my duties as boy on board the schooner meteor sailing to bermuda end of chapter one